Coffee is one of the most popular drinks worldwide and for a good reason, making it one of the best natural neurotropics, meaning a substance that betters our mental capacity. But how much coffee is too much coffee? Welcome to Let's Talk Health Podcast, where you will find the secret nuggets on how to stay healthy in an orthodox way. Here's your host, Ramiro Briseño. There are a wide array of studies showing how the consumption of caffeine betters our memory and our capacity to learn, especially when we consume it in the mornings. Naturally, this sounds amazing, but we must also ask how much is the right amount. In the studies, the dosages that were used were very small compared to the amount that we're more commonly accustomed to drink. And this is important because it lets us know that we naturally don't need a high amount of caffeine to get the benefits of this substance. Consuming eight ounces or less will get you the benefits. Caffeine is actually one of the few substances that is soluble both in water and in oil. And the reason this is important is because it can help and have an effect in almost any tissue of the body due to the ease of transportation. For example, in the case of the brain, the studies indicate that it improves our focus and improves our memory, but it also protects from toxic substances reaching the brain, which could only happen when the blood-brain barrier is compromised. And caffeine allows the blood-brain barrier to remain intact, which helps to prevent certain forms of dementia and Alzheimer's. But if caffeine is so good, what's the catch? Why is it that I cannot drink as much as I want? Well, the first thing to understand is that you probably know someone that's able to drink coffee like nothing, able to process caffeine extremely fast and have no problems when the time comes to sleep. But on the other hand, there are some other people that drink just a tiny bit of coffee and their hearts begin to race and even shake. These effects are depending on the oxidation level of caffeine. It is until caffeine gets oxidized in our body that the effects of the caffeine stop. The people that are able to oxidize it faster are able to get rid of it, therefore not having prolonged effects as other people do. If my body is able to oxidize it much faster, then I must consume a lot less than someone that can oxidize it faster. And this is the first concept that you need to understand to be able to recognize how much coffee can you consume. On the other side, you need to understand how caffeine actually works in our body, allowing you to understand if any of the bad symptoms are actually hurting you. Most of us drink coffee so we can have an extra boost of energy throughout our daily routine. The main molecule of energy is called ATP, short for adenosine triphosphate. When this molecule begins to get exhausted, we lose phosphates, leaving it with one or two phosphates giving it the name adenosine monophosphate or diphosphate. If your brain recognizes that there is a high amount of these molecules that we have lost a phosphate, it assumes that we used up all of energy and that we're tired. This is one of the mechanisms that allows us to sleep and feel tired. Caffeine then binds to the receptors of adenosine, blocking it from binding. Adenosine being the responsible for provoking the sensation of feeling tired Instead, the moment caffeine binds to adenosine receptors, the brain is then lied into not feeling tired. This is the ability that caffeine is an antagonistic to the adenosine receptors, which means that it prevents your brain from truly capturing the amount of adenosine that's floating around in the brain. This is important because coffee doesn't just give you energy, 
It instead lies to the brain and it prevents it from knowing how tired the body really is. But where does the energy come from when we consume energy? And that comes from adrenaline and cortisol. Cortisol being the stress hormone that we produce, this obviously will have its positive effect and negative effects in the long term. But are the neurological effects that we get from caffeine all positive? Well, the short answer is no. Otherwise, we could all drink all the coffee we wanted to without any side effects. On the other side, caffeine does provide a neuroprotector effect on our brain that improves our memory, our learning ability, and it protects us against dementia and loss of neurons as we age. This is among the most popular benefits that I have mentioned earlier. But, and here is my biggest objection, our daily lives are already filled with constant stimulus. So what happens when we keep drinking coffee? And that is that we begin to provide an excessive amount of stimulus. With that, the natural brain's response is to begin to morph and slowly create both chemical and physical changes to the brain. This is due to an excess of stimulation or excessive sympathetic activity, which is another type of cerebral activity. Let me give you an example. If I block adenosine receptors for one day because I have an important test, an important meeting, or some work, some crucial work that needs to get done, there is absolutely no problem with that. But if I block them on a daily basis, my body begins to produce more and more of these adenosine receptors, making me feel even more tired, which leads me to need more caffeine, more coffee, so I can get the same effect as I did before. This should make us ask ourselves if there is a solution that will allow us to get the benefits of coffee without the side effects. And the answer is absolutely yes. If you've been consuming lots of coffee for a long time, start by taking a break from coffee for at least a period of 10 days. And that will eliminate this biological dependency that we generate with an excessive consumption, as I mentioned before. You can also progressively reduce the amount that you consume on a daily basis until you're able to go without it for some time. This will prevent from having a withdrawal effect to those that already are used to consuming vast amounts of coffee on a daily basis. And if you're not drinking coffee purposely for the effects of caffeine, you can use the caffeinated coffees. You could also drink a supplement called L-thionine, which is a supplement that helps you improve your sleep quality and prevents any damage from excessive stimulation. The most interesting aspect of drinking thionine with coffee is that it prevents secondary side effects such as shakiness, anxiety, and tachycardia. But also if you drink it together with coffee, it has a much better effect on your focus and your energy levels and also the amount of time that you can be completely focused on a task. Now, another question that you might be asking yourself is, if coffee is filled with many cognitive benefits and I don't have any of these issues when I consume coffee, I don't get any tachycardia, my sleep quality is good, and I've never gotten any sort of shakiness. Why would I need to stop consuming coffee? Well, like I mentioned before, coffee does have a lot of benefits and the sudden burst of energy is just one of them. And every time we consume coffee, we increase the production of adrenaline and cortisol. If I increase cortisol, which is a stress hormone, whenever I get stressed, my stress levels will be a lot higher, creating an increase in body fat levels. 
the increase of these substances in the blood makes us feel more anxious and it also damages our gut flora. New studies also have revealed that our gut flora can perceive our stress levels creating a modulating effect on the types of bacteria that we allow to grow in our gut. Take for example, if you have a digestive problems like constipation and on top of that we add chronic stress, we're going to further damage our gut. Instead, use this reaction from your body to allow yourself to go some time without coffee and help your gut flora heal with both pre and probiotics. Because under high stress levels, it's easy to grow big amounts of parasites or fungus like candida, which is detrimental for our health. Now, what if I love coffee but cannot find L-thionine? What can I do? Once I've overcome the need to consume coffee on a daily basis, which you should take at least 10 to 15 days without it, what you can do to compensate for L-thionine is to drink a cup of coffee in the morning and then the rest of the day you can consume green tea. That's because green tea naturally contains a balanced proportion of both caffeine and thionine, which is one of the biggest benefits of green tea. This gives you the synergetic effect of caffeine without having bad side effects that you would if you only consume a high amount of caffeine. Green tea naturally contains about four to eight times less caffeine than coffee, which means that you can drink it in higher amounts, allowing you to use it on a daily basis. If you're gonna keep drinking coffee, think about taking some days off to eliminate your dependency that you've created and later use it more occasionally, about once or twice a week, that way you don't create a dependency and this will help you to use its effects much more effective when you need them rather than feeling all the negative side effects. And if you later begin to consume it on a daily basis once again because of bad habits, think about giving it up at least once a week out of the year and follow it with a dopamine fast. Join us as we learn more and more about how to improve our health and our lives. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk Health Podcast. For more resources from Ramiro or to join our wonderful community, you can follow the links in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening and share with your friends.